Hey Packers fans, before today's game against the Falcons, you should go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. So I just got done making my selections for this weekend. You might not like some of them, but here they are anyway. I'm going Jordan Love over 0.5 interceptions, Bajan Robinson over 76.5 rushing plus receiving yards, and AJ Dillon over 18.5 yards in his first five rushing attempts. So first of all, in the Jordan Love one, I don't feel great about it, clearly, obviously, but I do think he's bound to throw some interceptions this year. This is his second consecutive road game. He stayed, he had a pretty clean sheet against Chicago, obviously no interceptions. I think he's probably due one in this game. It's not going to be the end of the world, but I do think he probably throws at least one interception in this game. As far as Bijan goes, he is going to be the entire focal point of the Falcons offense. Now, he's going to be the focal point of Green Bay's defenses too, but I got a you know chance to watch him on the All-22. He is a absolute stud. I think he's going to get that over on the 76.5 rushing plus receiving yards. And then A.J. Dillon. I know he had a tough week last week and uh, didn't really look like the A.J. Dillon where to. I'm going to go over 18.5 yard, yards rushing on those first five attempts. I just feel like Green Bay is going to have a little bit better game plan for Dillon in this game, especially with Jones being a little bit banged up. So that's the reason I went with those selections. We'll see what ends up happening. The best part is you can get that $100 match by using code Packaday on your first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y, no hyphens, no nothing. Code packaday at prizepicks.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Packers Nation? Happy Packers Game Day. Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Feels like it's been a hot seconds. It's just been me. I've had all these amazing guests on all week that it just feels like uh, I haven't had the opportunity to talk directly with you guys. So really excited to be back doing this today. Uh, we'll have Perry and Alex here tomorrow. I'll be on the post game show right after the game doing a live Q&A as well. So make sure to check those things out. A real quick shout out to our new members, Godsmack AR69, Fixin, Gasfeld, Elobar Bremen, uh, Minor Espinoza, and Rob Westerman as well. And of course, a shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Shea Broadad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, and Boom Handle. So if you haven't checked out memberships yet, make sure to do so. Four different tiers that are available to you. I'll let you guys check out those on your own so that we can get into the show today. I am so glad that I am recording this a little after midnight on Sunday. Usually I record this a little bit earlier, uh, but today I didn't because I was getting other stuff done, I guess, and just messing around more than anything. Uh, But we had a really late injury update from Adam Schefter, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. And unfortunately, it wasn't great news. So per Adam Schefter, both Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are not expected to play in this game. Not super shocking. You know, Matt LaFleur said that they'd give both of them the whole week to do so. I do wonder a couple things. I wonder how much I I don't think Aaron Rodgers' injury specifically plays into this, but you just had that Achilles injury from Aaron on a similar type of turf. You're playing on an artificial surface. These are some extremely important players to the future of your, especially Watson, the future of your franchise. But we know Aaron Jones, the here and the now, and the here and the now, and the remainder of the season as well. So I wonder if like any of that played a part. Just even just playing on turf in general. 
my guess is they're being, you know, not overly cautious, but certainly cautious. And then, you know, you also didn't have Jones or Watson really practice in the, you know, the heart of the week. You had Watson practice a little bit on Friday. He was limited. My guess is he probably just did individual work. And you probably feel pretty good, at least about Watson. I'm not sure on Jones, but that if you maybe give him one more week, that he's going to be able to go at home on natural grass at Lambeau Field in the home opener. And there is a ton of season left. You got your week one win. I think you feel like you can probably still go into Atlanta, even without an Aaron Jones and a Christian Watson and have a really good chance to win it. Not saying they will, but uh, I think they still will have that opportunity but no doubt about it, a huge, huge loss for this team. And you never want to see your playmakers be out in any capacity, but this is a winnable game on the road to go 2-0. and And it's still very, very early. And there's going to be more injuries you know, as the season goes along. And there's going to be more things that Green Bay is going to have to overcome as the season goes along. But you would have loved to have had both Aaron Jones and Christian Watson in this game. And now it's going to really make Green Bay have a different game plan. Now, my guess is that they had a feeling that Watson and Jones were not going to be able to go. And even if they did, they were probably going to be limited in some capacity where you couldn't give both Jones and Watson a full complement of their normal workload. So I'm sure Matt LaFleur had a game plan in place for this exact situation and scenario, but you hate to see it nonetheless. And it will affect this game in a very significant way because we saw Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, some of these guys can be legitimate playmakers, but you like you want to see all of your playmakers out on the field. It just gives you, you know, it increases your odds on any given play to get those explosive plays. And we saw what Aaron Jones did a week ago. I think Green Bay still beat Chicago without Aaron Jones, but man, that game looks entirely different without Aaron out there. And on the flip side, I think that game probably is even more out of hand if you had Christian Watson in that game. So it, it, it sucks. It's a bummer, but you move on. And, you know, I go back to 2010 when Green Bay had like 20 some guys on their injured list that, that year and on IR. You just have to kind of swing with it. You have to have your guys that are on the field, you have to have the next man up mentality. I know it's coach speak. I know it's cliche. I know it's lame, but it's also real. And this team did a really good job in week one with no Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs not being able to have a full complement of snaps and Rashawn Gary only playing 12 snaps. They had other guys step up and play really good football. And I think they're able to do that again this week. Now, we did get some good news earlier in the day. I Think, I don't know who was the first to report on it. I think it actually may have just been the Packers that put out the, the press release, but Quay Walker did clear concussion protocol and he is going to be able to play. So there were four questionable players in this game originally, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Quay Walker, and David Bakhtiari. We have answers on three of the four. Watson and Jones are going to be out. Quay is going to be in. And that leaves David Bakhtiari, which is going to seemingly be unless there's a new injury update as we get into, you know, earlier Sunday as you're listening to this. You know, as of right now, David Bakhtiari seems to be the legitimate questionable one going into this game. But great to see Quay Walker is cleared. And that is not an insignificant update here because he is going to be extremely integral to what Green Bay is going to be able to do in trying to stop Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier and that Falcons running game. And, and even some of their screen game to the outside, they like using those wide receivers. Quay's ability to get sideline to sideline and have the speed to stick with some of those guys, including, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to stick, you know, step for step with Bijan Robinson, but the more speed you can have in the field, the better. I think it's huge that Quay Walker is back. And I think he is going to have a very big role in this game and is going to have a lot of say in just how this defense does in containing some of those playmakers and weapons on Atlanta's offense. So that is a good piece of news. Meanwhile, 
Packers also elevated both Innes Gaines and Patrick Taylor from the practice squad for the second consecutive week. They only get three call-ups, so there's only one left for each of them. These, once again, are going to be, well, a mix, but certainly it's going to be special teams is, is the primary for both of those. But with Aaron Jones being out, Green Bay is probably going to need Patrick Taylor a little bit in the backfield. Wouldn't surprise me if we saw some third down snaps in this game from Patrick Taylor as well. So Quay Walker cleared, just to recap everything, Clay Walker cleared, Ennis Gaines elevated, Patrick Taylor elevated, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are going to be out per uh, Adam Schefter. And then Quay Walker, like I said, is going to be in per the Packers. So good news on Walker, not great news overall, but that is the life in the NFL. It is a war of attrition. You got to find a way to overcome it. If I'm guessing on my you know, inactives, which I love to do the day before the game, I would expect that it's going to be a very similar calculus to what we saw from a week ago. Last year or last week, it was Zane Anderson, Anthony Johnson Jr., Sean Ryan, Brenton Cox, Christian Watson, who were out. And then they had two other ones, Emmanuel Wilson and Caleb Jones. So instead of Emmanuel Wilson, it'll be Aaron Jones that is active or inactive, excuse me. And I expect Wilson to be active for the very first time in his career. And then the Caleb Jones one will be up to Bakhtiari. If Bakhtiari is out, then he will be inactive and Caleb Jones will be active. If Bakhtiari is active, then my guess is that Caleb Jones will be inactive once again. So let's hope that Bakhtiari can go. And if so, my guess would be that the inactives again would be Zane Anderson, Anthony Johnson Jr., Sean Ryan, Brenton Cox, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, and Caleb Jones. But we'll have to see what happens with David Bakhtiari. Meanwhile, for the Falcons, Troy Anderson is out for them. Jeff Okuda is questionable, and they elevated linebacker Andre Smith and Godwin Igwebuike, uh, a running back as well. So those are their call-ups this week, and we'll see who they deactivate at 10.30 a.m. Central Time on Sunday. We'll see if Bakhtiari, if we get any news before then, or if we have to wait right until those inactives at well. Again, the inactives come out at 1030, pretty much exactly on Sunday. All right, let's go over some things. I did a full film review, all 22, watched every single play from, from Panthers and Falcons this past week. I want to just start off by saying, and I'll hedge this a little by saying, I didn't know at the time when I was watching the tape that Jones and Watson were both going to be out. So it changes the calculus a little bit, but when I watch the tape of both Bears Packers and Panthers Falcons, I, I actually I'll, I'll just say this: I thought the Packers were the best team of all four teams of Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina, and Atlanta. But I thought Green Bay was the better team, no question about it. If you're playing this game straight up on a neutral field with everyone healthy, this is Green Bay all day, every day. And I'm you know of course you've played a hundred times and maybe it's 80, 20, 70, 30. I don't know, but Green Bay is the better team. I really, really, truly feel that way. However, doesn't always mean the better team wins week in and week out. This is a second consecutive road game. You are in Atlanta. There are a lot of injuries for Green Bay with Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, maybe David Bakhtiari, Rashawn still working his way back. Seems like Romeo will be good to go, but there's, there's certainly some injuries that are going to play a very big factor. And it just feels feels a little like something fluky could happen in this game. But I, I'll, I'll just say it one more time. The bigger takeaway here is I very much legitimately believe that Green Bay has the better team, the better players, and are more set to win right now and have more avenues for success. But anytime you're on the road, especially for a second consecutive week, especially as you are a young and experienced team and have some injuries, there's going to be a very, very big challenge for Green Bay. Let's go through my my kind of my keys to this game as well as, you know, I, a lot of these were my notes as I was going through the film review, but we'll go through all of them. I got 12 things that I want to go over. 
The first one, and this is a massive key to the game, is mistakes slash turnovers. And if you're thinking, Andy, yeah, we know. And like, this is the analysis that we are coming to the Packaday podcast of, like that turnovers and mistakes are going to play a role in this game. I know, I get it. But it also needs to be said. These are two very young teams. They're 1-0. and They're both coming off a victory in week one. They're both trying to get to 2-0. and And it just feels, like I said earlier, like something fluky might happen in this game. It does feel like this game is ultimately going to come down to which team makes fewer mistakes. And that goes to turnovers, mental mistakes, penalties, all of it. Like it just, this is a game where you have to keep your composure, that you have to stay completely focused and just make sure that you're not doing anything to hurt your team. That's going to be something that your team can't overcome and interceptions, fumbles, whatever it may be, big penalties and inopportune moments, missed extra points, missed field goals, whatever it could be. I just think that the team for both sides of this, both Atlanta and Green Bay, that legitimately makes fewer mistakes in this one is going to have a massive leg up. I think these teams are, especially with the the Jones and Watson injuries, extremely evenly matched. Like I said, I think Green Bay is better, but Atlanta has home field. And it's it yes, the, the big plays and, and what you do well is going to play a part, but I almost think this comes down to the things that you don't do quite as well and the big mistakes that you make in this game. I think if Green Bay can take care of the football, and really play a sound brand of football like they did a week ago against Chicago, they're going to get a very similar result. If they don't, and all of a sudden they start getting negative two, like they were plus two last week, if they're negative two this week, it's going to go in the opposite direction. So yes, it's clear. It's obvious. We could say that one every week, but highlight this one extra, put the extra stars next to it, whatever you want to do. That's going to be this game. I really truly feel that way. Just count the mistakes. Literally, just count the mistakes, and whoever has more is is going to lose this game. Legitimately, that's how I feel. But there's a lot of other things to go over that'll hopefully be a little bit smarter analysis than the complete, blatantly obvious number one. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game Six in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. 
Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Number two is this is a complete eat your vegetables game for Green Bay. This is a complete fundamental game and it really comes down to tackling. And we'll go back to not making mistakes either, but like, can you have that level of focus and can you make sure that you are stopping the run on early downs, playing your gaps, playing your assignments, and just sort of doing your 111th, doing your job. The Bill Belichick, hey, get in there and do your job. Don't try to do too much. If they just do that, If they just play fundamental football, they wrap up, they tackle, they rally to the ball. A lot of the stuff that we saw outside of some of the tackling issues we saw in Chicago, everything else, if they play that same brand of football, physical, intense, I like Green Bay's chances, but they have to make sure that they're eating their vegetables on early downs. They got to make sure that they're stopping the run and that they get into some of those third and long situations. We'll go over why in just a moment, but if Green Bay can do that, I think they're going to be set up for success. They're going to get Atlanta in some third and longs, and that's where they're really going to be able to put a lot of pressure on, maybe get some turnovers. And we talk about making mistakes. If they can get Atlanta in third and long, Atlanta's propensity to have mistakes goes up exponentially. And I think that's where Green Bay can really take a, a major advantage in this game overall. Number three, another slightly obvious one, but we're going to go over it anyway, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. This is Atlanta's offense. They want to run the football. They want to be physical. They are, they want to shove it right down Green Bay's throat and say, you can't stop us. And it's not only that, it's not just running the football, but Bijan Robinson is going to be extremely instrumental in their passing attack as well. And you have to have a plan for him. And it's tough because I, I think you feel comfortable with Jair on the outside against Drake London. You might want to you know double or, or bracket Kyle Pitts in some scenario, but you also have to make sure that you are really accounting for Bijan Robinson and that he is not, you know, basically being the complete game changer that he has the capability of being and just taking over the game. And I think the best way that you can do that is what we talked about in number two, is making sure that you're playing fundamentally sound football, wrapping up on your tackles, not just shoulder tackling someone or whatever the case may be, making sure that you're completely wrapping up and that you're getting bodies to the ball. He's going to make two or three guys miss. Like he, just like he did last, and I'm not saying throughout the game, like on a play, like he will, he's going to make the first guy miss more often than not. So it's so imperative that you get that second guy there, that third guy there, that fourth guy there. And then the other thing that I, well, a couple things that I want to put on top of this one is, is Green Bay going to stack the box? Do they go eight in the box? And if so, can the corners and safeties hold up on the back end? I think they can, but that'll be an interesting way of like, uh, you know, how just sort of keeping an eye on that and what they do to combat this Atlanta Falcons running game. And then the, to go right along with that and, and stopping Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, it's you want to make Desmond Ritter beat you. 
I'll I'll say this. I think I said earlier this week, but I'll say it again. Desmond Ritter to me looked like less athletic, less mobile, less agile. Justin Fields. And he's mobile and agile, but he's not Justin Fields mobile and agile. And he looked from a passing standpoint, they looked very similar to me. And you can start telling when the offense and the coordinator and the play calling trust their quarterback and when it doesn't. We'll talk about this in just a moment, but when they got into third, actually, we'll just go into this one. This is number four. When they got into third and long, they did screen pass after screen pass. I think there was five third and longs that they screen passed on four of them. They didn't trust their quarterback, but you also need to be aware of those screen passes. This is an offense that wants to get the ball out of Desmond Ritter's hands as quickly as possible. Get it to Kyle Pitts, get it to Drake London, get it to Tyler Algier, get it to Bijan Robinson. You know, if they can get it in the playmaker's hands sooner rather than later, then Green Bay has, has to do the heavy lifting. The longer that it's in Desmond Ritter's hands, the better off that you're going to be. So take away the screen pass, make sure that that's not a great option for them. Make them throw the ball down the field. And like I said earlier, if they have to have Desmond Ritter beat Green Bay, Green Bay is going to be a very heavy favorite, in my opinion, in this game. But if Atlanta can just get Algier and Robinson cooking and Green Bay can't stop it, nope, then it's going to be advantage Atlanta in a very significant way. Number five on my list is the two defenders that could take over a game if you let them. And that's Grady Jarrett and Jesse Bates. Guess what? Carolina let specifically Jesse Bates take over that game. Two interceptions, a forced fumble. He was all over the place. Jordan's got to do a much better job than Bryce Young did of taking care of the football, making sure it's not in harm's way and just playing really sound, smart, football and, and and not making silly mistakes. And that part of that goes with accuracy too, making sure your footwork is good, your fundamentals are good. Going back to the earlier one of this, this is a, a back to fundamentals game for Green Bay. I just think if, if, if Love can make sure that Jesse Bates isn't jumping routes and taking something to the house or whatever he has a, you know the ability to do, you're setting yourself up for success. So just a, a you know neck up game from Jordan Love. There's going to be some hiccups, I'm sure, at times. But you know, if you're if you're going to miss, miss to the sidelines, miss low, that it's not going to be picked off because Jesse Bates is lurking, and as we saw against Carolina, he has the ability to take over the game. Number six, run at D. Alford and Bud Dupree. One of the you know things that I had highlighted in my notes, I thought you could run to their side of the field. A lot of times you're seeing Bud Dupree with Alford in the slot, so Alford's their slot corner. Mike Wall mentioned it earlier this week as well. If you get them in nickel, you can run on them. If they're in base, it's a lot harder. So I think if you have the ability to spread them out a little bit, certainly it it changes things with no Watson and and Jones and how you want to sort of cater the running game to to AJ Dillon a little bit more, probably see a little bit of Emmanuel Wilson, maybe some Patrick Taylor, but they got to figure out what's going to work best for this offense. And I think if you can get AJ Dillon to the second, you know, to, to, you know, run some, um, you know, sort of power stuff against, uh, you know, nickel defense of Atlanta that's not super stout against the run. I think there's some opportunity to make hay there. So their their ability to run at, at you know, one of their edge rushers and Bud Dupree in their slot corner, one of the first things you always want to do is test to see if their corner's up for, for tackling. And I think they have some potential there to run. Now, we don't need to see Dylan running a ton wide, but you know, you may want to try just to see if it does in fact work, because I didn't think that, you know, those two in specific or in particular did a great job against the run last week. The other thing is I actually had Atlanta's linebackers down as a weak spot. And that was even before their best linebacker, Troy Anderson, went down with an injury. Their linebackers remaining, Caden Ellis, Tay Davis, Nate Landman, Andre Smith, Andre Smith, who they just called up. It's not exactly a who's who's of in, uh, who's who of inside linebackers. So, I think you have the ability to run on them in the interior as well. 
And it's just going to be up to the offensive line to making sure that they're much more assignment sound than they were in week one against Chicago. There were a lot of missed assignments, a lot of free runners going up against free defensive runners going right up against Green Bay's running backs. AJ Dillon was unfortunately the, the brunt of that where he had usually like a free rusher right in his face a lot of times. So Green Bay's got to block it up better. But I think if you can get to that second level against those linebackers, even AJ Dillon, Emmanuel Wilson, Patrick Taylor, they're going to have the opportunity to succeed. I didn't think those linebackers played that great. And Luke Musgrave too, in the passing game, somebody that they might be able to utilize against those linebackers as well. Number eight, be aware of their double A gap blitz scheme because they throw through a bunch of different stuff with that A-gap blitz last week. They dropped off sometimes. They brought it. They brought safeties. They had a great play where the linebacker got up to the line of scrimmage in that A-gap and then dropped out and then looped around the side and then went, you know, try to get to the quarterback that way. Just somebody else beat him there. They showed a lot of exotic looks out of that double A-gap blitz. And I'm sure if Green Bay gets in third and long, Atlanta's going to show it. And that's where you really need to be super smart with your blitz pickups in your assignments. And that's where Patrick Taylor, AJ Dillon are going to be huge for those specific third and longs where you want to make sure you've got someone on the field that understands their assignment in those situations. Number nine, you have to hit your deep shots. Jesse Bates, these safeties, they will gamble. They'll come up from time to time. They'll start them deep, but they want to they wanna come in and start being a little bit ball hockey and kind of control the middle of that field. There's going to be some opportunities to hit some deep shots down the field. We've seen Jordan be a little bit inaccurate with those from time to time, whether it's Musgrave, Jaden Reed, I don't care who it is, Romeo Dobbs, there's going to be opportunities in this game to hit, hit some deep shots and Jordan Love needs to make sure that he takes advantage of them in this game. I think hidden yardage is going to be a really big deal as well from special teams, penalties. It, it all goes back to making mistakes that we talked about earlier. All those little hidden yards are going to add up big over the course of the game. The team that gets the shorter field is going to get obviously more opportunity at points. It's just those things don't scream out on a box score, but they're going to have a very big impact on this game. Number 11 is who steps up for Green Bay? No Aaron Jones, no Christian Watson. You need playmakers. Is it Jaden Reed? Is it Luke Musgrave? Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath? Who is it? Who is it that's going to step up and say, get me the ball. I'm the man. I'm going to go out and do this. Even without Aaron Jones, even without Christian Watson, we're going to go win this game. And that's what I want to see from this young core of like, who grabs the bull by the horns? Who grabs that brass ring and says, "This I'll carry this team. I got you. We're going to go win. I don't care if we're in Atlanta. I don't care if we don't have Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. We're going to go win this game by hell or high water. And, and I want to see what playmakers step up and make that happen. Number 12, finally, what kind of team are you? This is a great test. And it feels like every week's kind of going to be a test, but are you that young 500 team that's going to have a good week followed by a bad week? Are you inconsistent? Or are you going to go and show that you can legitimately take care of business against the worst team? I don't care injuries or no injuries. Green Bay is the better team here. Go take care of business. Go into Atlanta. Finish your business trip. Pick up a win. Get that victory Monday. Get out and then see New Orleans, who's going to come off a short week on Monday night uh, after they play uh, Carolina as well. And then they're going to have a short week going on the road and back-to-back weeks coming to Green Bay. So I want to see Green Bay make a statement and say, hey, we're just not some young and experienced team. We're going to go into Atlanta without Aaron Jones, without Christian Watson, with some other guys banged up, and we're going to win this game one way or the other. So that's what I want to see from this young team. This could be a game that ultimately decides like the seventh seed in the NFC. It really could on who gets in the playoffs or who doesn't. So this is an important game. And I think the winner of this game will be, I think, very easily favorites to, to make the playoffs at the end of the year. So We'll see what happens, but I'm really excited for it. No matter what happens, I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I think we're going to learn a lot more about both of these teams because I don't think either team got a great gauge going against Carolina and Chicago last week. So 
we will have a very good feel for where these two teams are at after facing each other this week. Still, it's not like the Falcons are the best of the best or Green Bay is the best of the best for the Falcons, but I think it's a very good litmus test for both teams. My pick, don't hate me. I would be going easily Green Bay here if Watson and Jones were injured, if we knew the status of Bakhtiari. It just, it, it feels fluky to me. So I'm going to say Falcons 17, Packers 16 in a low scoring game. I think the injuries are going to be tough to overcome. But one thing I will say is I was on practice on Friday just for the little bit while you know, they were stretching. This team is still very loose. They're extremely confident and they're going to go into Atlanta feeling like they can win that game. And they easily could. This can go either way, flip a coin. That's why I hate predictions because I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea, but I'm going to say uh, Falcon 17, Packer 16 and hope like heck that I am wrong. Either way, I hope like heck you guys enjoy all every second of this game. Hope the Packers are able to somehow find a way to get the victory and make me look stupid, which is a win for everyone. But either way, I will be here right after the game on YouTube to do the live post-game Q&A. So make sure to check that out. I will be here tomorrow morning with Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe to break down everything that happened in the game with the, after a rewatch and a little bit more time to sort of digest some things. So we'll do that as well. And of course, we've got amazing guests lined up next week again, and we do this 365 days a year. So if you're not subscribed yet, subscribe, check out those memberships, like, comment, do all of it because I appreciate you a ton and it's Packers game day. So why wouldn't you? I'll see you guys soon. Go freaking Packers, beat the Falcons. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.